Okay, today we're on 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and as a reminder, this is uh, the end of this unit on dealing with spiritual gifts that started in chapter 12, and Paul's really bringing uh, this fellowship to a head. Um, If you compare chapter 12 and 14, um, 12 is lofty, it's visionary, um, it's a little bit abstract. Paul's talking about the spirit and the body. Um how the Spirit operates to produce gifts, and how those gifts are uh, many and varied, and yet they're all part of the one body of Christ. So Paul's really getting into that relationship between the Spirit and the body, uh, which is a huge clarification for us today, like the Spirit is often misunderstood as a you know, ill-defined third component of God, or a holy ghost, or a spooky force, or something just odd and supernatural that you don't normally experience. Paul is showing us the Spirit is the normal and proper uh, experience of a Christian in light of the body of Christ with all the different gifts and their functions and operations so that the body can be God's move and manifestation on earth. Okay, well, if that's the you know bird's eye view and the zoomed out satellite Google Earth image, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 is street view. And this is where it's, Uh, very practical and boots on the ground. And basically what this chapter is, it it is a church builder's manual. So if you want to build the church, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is the chapter for you. And Paul back in chapter 3 verse 10 said that he was a wise master builder. And we had the, um, again, kind of abstract analogy of building the church with gold, silver, precious stones, and each one needs to take heed how we build upon it. Well, chapter 14 is the architect's blueprint. It's telling us how do we build upon the foundation that Paul laid. Um, So it's very practical, and today I want to look at it from a very practical perspective. Um, So this is a church builder's manual, and it's showing us how do we build the church today. And it, it all comes down to one word, prophesying. So that word in itself is misunderstood today because most people relegate that definition just to um, odd and often uh, incorrect, uh, non-fulfilled prophecies like the world will end in 2012 or California is going to you know, slip off into the ocean. Uh, it's a very understood as a very um, Old Testament-y, thus saith the Lord, such and such event will happen in the future. And it's oftentimes scary and apocalyptic. But when you read chapter 14, Paul's not talking about that. Paul's not talking about anything scary or apocalyptic. He's talking about something very much now, uh, present, and encouraging and building up and consoling. That's what he says in verse 3. He who prophesies speaks building up, encouragement, and consolation of men. So we need to look at what does it mean to prophesy to build up the church? What is it? Why do we do it? And how do you do it? Okay, so what is it? Prophesying is just speaking for Christ and speaking forth Christ. And we can even say speaking Christ or ministering Christ into people. So it is just, it's simply our enjoyment of Christ and our seeing of Christ through the scriptures, through the once for all revealed word of God, 
It's our appropriation of that revelation through knowledge, and it's our enjoyment and experience of Christ in spirit. And Paul eventually is going to say in verse 15 that the mind and the spirit are both engaging here in prophecy. So the revelation of the word in our mind, the experience of Christ in our spirit merge together, and we speak what we've seen in the word, what we've experienced in our spirit of Christ, and that intelligible delivery of word and spirit, revelation and experience of Christ, that is spoken in intelligible language to the church. And Paul says, everyone can do it. Look at verse 31. He says, you can all prophesy. So again, this is not talking about predicting the future because I can't do that and I doubt you can, but I can read the Bible, know Christ, and seek to enjoy Christ and then bring that uh, understood, you know, revealed and experienced Christ to the church meeting and speak it. And when I do that, people are encouraged, people are consoled, and the church is built up. So that's what prophesying is. It's not predicting the future in this chapter. It's speaking Christ, the Christ that we've seen and experienced for others building up. Okay, so why do it? Because it builds up the church. This is what verse 4 says. He who prophesies builds up the church. So this chapter shows us that the greatest gift, which is prophecy, remember how chapter 12 in desire the greater gifts, and verse 5 of this chapter, he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues. The greatest gift is prophesying. And it's something everyone can do. So did you know that you had the greatest gift that the Spirit could give? It may not look that impressive as healing and miracles and things like that, but it's got the greatest function in God's purpose. And that is because the greatest gift fulfills the greatest prophecy. Spoken by the Lord himself back in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. But this chapter says, he who prophesies builds up the church. So Christ builds the church, which he said he would do, which was a prophecy. Christ builds the church through us when we prophesy and build up the church. So our prophesying is very crucial to God's purpose, which is the church. God's eternal purpose is the church. And so verse 24 says we, or verse 24 indicates we have a responsibility. We have an ability to prophesy, verse 31 we have a responsibility to prophesy. Verse 24, it says, If all prophesy, some unbeliever or unlearned person enters in, he's convicted by all, he's examined by all, the secrets of his heart become manifest, and he falls on his face in worship to God with the realization God is here among you. So this is a responsibility. If the body of Christ is you know, operating with all of us functioning to prophesy in the meetings of the church, then God is manifested, revealed, people are convicted, and um, the church is built up. So we have a responsibility to do this for the fulfillment of the greatest prophecy in the Bible. Okay, how do we actually do it? Again, this chapter is super practical, so we'll end with a couple of practical uh, steps to help us prophesy. Um, first is verse 1. Desire. Paul says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially to prophesy. So first off, we need to have a desire. Lord, I want to be a prophesier. I want to learn how to do this. I want to learn how to enjoy Christ and speak the Christ that I've seen and experienced for the church. 
So first is, de- is desire. We need to desire this. Number two, we need to seek to excel in this. That's verse 12. He says, seek to excel for the building up of the church. In other words, we need to practice it to get better. If I told you seek to excel in basketball, you would probably think you need to practice your free throws and your dribbling and your ball handling, handling skills. Same thing. We need to practice until we get better and until we excel at this gift. Uh, third one is we need to have. Verse 26 says, when we come together, each one has. So we need to practice coming to the church with something to offer in the church. We need to have something when we show up to church. And again, this is a maybe a critique on our modern Western way of practicing church, which is just showing up to listen. First century church life consisted of showing up to offer, to have something to contribute for the building up of the church. So we need to have something. We need to get into the word throughout the week. We need to experience Christ and bring that revealed and experience Christ to the church meetings. Um, The next one, verse 19, indicates we should not despise our portion no matter how small it is. So maybe you think, I don't have that much. So what am I going to contribute to the building up of the church? Well, in verse 19, Paul says, hey, five words is good enough. So that could just be something like, oh, Lord Jesus, I love you. That was six words. So something very small and simple still does the greatest thing in God's purpose. So don't despise your small portion. If you think it's small, we still need it. Okay, the next one is we need to take the initiative. Verse 32, it says, the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets. So this is different from the Old Testament where the spirit of God, ran, um, I shouldn't say randomly, but unanticip- in, an, in an unanticipated or unexpected way fell upon people and took them over and they prophesied. In the New Testament, it works differently. We take the initiative. Our spirit is subject to our will and decision. So we make a decision. You know what? I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to do it. And we just, we just stand up and speak and take the initiative. We don't wait for the Spirit to supernaturally move us. We move by faith because back in chapter 6, it says we're one Spirit with the Lord. So we move and we speak in that oneness. And then the last one is we do this becomingly and in order. So this is verse 40, the last verse. All things must be done becomingly and in order. So we're not... Um, advocating a confusion in church where everyone's, you know, uh, trying to speak over one another, but we're listening, we're discerning spirits, we're waiting to be moved by the revelation and the instant inspiration of the spirit. Uh, but we wait our turn, we do this in order, and there's a good order, and there's a beautiful coordination of the members of the body of Christ, as talked about in chapter 12, in very concrete, practical ways building the church in chapter 14, the church meeting where we come together with our revealed and experienced Christ. And we do this one by one, we stand up, we speak in the spirit, what we've seen and enjoyed of Christ. And this builds up the church. So it's an awesome revelation in this chapter. And it's a manual for us to build up the church today. We need to see this, understand it, desire it, practice it, get better at it until we're excellent at it. So God can fulfill his eternal purpose to build up the church, which he does through each one of us. Praise God. Let's give ourselves to building up the church through prophesying.